Good evening, everyone. Good to have you with us here for our carol service again. Tonight, I, for a brief time, want to draw your attention to the passage that has just been read for us by Brian. This passage from Isaiah 9 is a, a beacon of hope, a promise that transcends time and a reminder that even in the darkest moments of our lives, there is a light that shines to guide us. And what I want to do for a short time tonight is for us to explore that profound message of hope that is embedded in those verses together. You see, the hope that we, we read about in Isaiah 9, the hope that we read about in the Bible is a different hope than, than what we automatically think of when we hear the word hope. D.A. Carson put it like this, biblical hope is not just a mere desire for something good to happen. It is a confident expectation that God will fulfill His promises. And that's exactly what we see in Isaiah 9. God will fulfill His promises. Now, what we have in the context of Isaiah 9 is the fact that these opening verses of Isaiah 9 paint a vivid picture of people walking in darkness. It's an image that resonates with us uh, as we go through life. Oftentimes, we face darkness. We know the darkness is all around us. And if we want to know the context of Isaiah 9, we simply would have to take a step back into chapter 8. And what we'll see there is in, in Isaiah chapter 8, this, and they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into darkness. Isaiah 8, 22, not, the, not exactly the most happy verse in the Bible, but this is talking about a time in the early 700s BC where the people of Judah have been heavily defeated by the Assyrians. They have lost much of their land. They have lost much of their possessions. They have lost their identity, and they would be exiled into another nation. Things were as bleak as they could possibly be. The darkness described in Isaiah, and especially in Isaiah 8 and Isaiah 9, is not merely a physical darkness, but it's a symbolic, it's a spiritual darkness that we find there in the Scripture. An emotional darkness that often we ourselves can feel even today. You see, you and I know that our world is a dark place. I was doing some research this week, and Northern Ireland continues to have the highest rate of suicide in the UK per head of population. There are many reasons for this, but, but interestingly, the Irish News did a report that since the Good Friday Agreement was signed in 1998, more people have taken their own lives in Northern Ireland that were killed during the Troubles. At the heart of this is a loss of hope a loss of hope. One community worker said, every program that we deliver at its core, at its very essence, is focusing around young people's mental health. And while we may not frame it to begin with that way, it's about raising them up, making them more resilient, and maybe trying to raise their optimism for the future. Essentially, what she's saying there is that every program that this community worker rolls out is about what? It's about giving them hope. 
a thing that is sadly lacking, real, genuine hope. However, here in, in, in Isaiah, what we see amidst this darkness, amidst, the, um, amidst this no, no vision of hope, there is a glimmer in the distance. The prophet Isaiah declares that a great light will shine upon this people. And in that we have the dawn of hope. The people walking in darkness have what? Seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, what? A light has dawned. This light represents the arrival of hope, a divine intervention that brings clarity and purpose and the promise of a brighter future. You know that saying, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Obviously, that expression means that even in the most difficult circumstances, even in the most dark circumstances, we can see that small glimmer of hope that shines in the distance. Even in the most painful experiences, there is hope. Now, let me be really blunt with you, if I can, for a moment. Do you have that hope? The hope that the Bible talks about. The hope that only Jesus can bring. Do you have a hope that even maybe though circumstances are not great and they don't look as if they're going to get any better, do you have a hope that this is not all that there is? You see, for those who do have that hope, for those who have a hope that this is not all that there is, that this life is not all that there is, in fact, when we leave this life, it's just the beginning. For those who have the hope that there is, the light has dawned and His name is Jesus, we know, and if you have that hope, you know, the best is yet to come. That is real hope. For anyone from Cornerstone who knows me at all, they'll know I love C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis loved the holidays so much that when it, became, when it came to describing heaven in one of his Narnian books, he imagined it like being the morning after the last day of school. Many of the children will, will experience this feeling this week. In this scene, in the last battle, the children of earth and Narnia have bounded through endless field. A great symphony of children and talking animals, cheering and shouting with excitement. And then they come to the great lion, Aslan, who does many, many wonderful things. And the lion speaks to the children. And he says this, You do not yet look so happy as I mean you to be. Lucy said, We're so afraid of being sent away, Aslan as you have sent us back into our world so often. No fear of that, said Aslan. Have you not guessed? Their hearts leaped with a wild hope that rose within them. And Aslan said, the term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. And this was Lewis's way of framing the fact that those who put their faith and trust in Jesus... This life is just the beginning, and the end of this life is just the beginning of what will be an eternity with Jesus in perfection. And all of this accomplished through a child who was born, 
a son who was given. That is the source of the hope we have. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those words prophetically point to the birth of Jesus Christ, the ultimate source of the hope of all humanity. Each title given to this child that was born, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, reveals something about Him. The heart of this passage unveils the source of our hope, the promised Messiah. These titles describe who He is as the Savior brings hope into a broken world. Wonderful Counselor. In times of confusion, we have a Counselor who guides us with wisdom beyond human comprehension. Mighty God. Our hope is anchored in the strength of a God who is mighty to save and can overcome any challenge. Everlasting Father. Our hope is found in the eternal love and care of a Father who never forsakes His children, who will never leave them, who will never forsake them, who will never abandon them, but is there for them forever. Prince of Peace. In a world that is marred by strife and war, our hope lies in the peace that the Prince of Peace brings not only to our hearts, but also to our world. So we have the dawn of hope that light that pierces the darkness. We have the source of our hope, which is Christ Jesus. But then we have the impact of this hope. Isaiah 9, verse 7. Of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign upon David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You see, the hope that we have in Christ not only affects us, but it affects the very world that we live in. It has so far-reaching effects. It transforms our individual lives but it extends to the entire world. The reign of Christ is characterized by justice, righteousness, and unending peace that surpasses our understanding. And the hope that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 9 is heading somewhere. It doesn't terminate in and of itself. When Christ is born, the whole thing is heading somewhere. Where is it heading? It's heading to what John sees in his vision and revelation. And this is the impact of the hope that we have in Christ. This will be the ultimate impact of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven, and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and He will dwell with His people. And they will be His people, and God Himself will be their God. And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Folks, that is the hope of Advent. That is the hope that Jesus Christ brings. Not only do we know salvation now and know what it is to have our sins forgiven, but it is heading in a direction that will bring about perfection one day. That's the hope. Now, again, let me ask, do you have that hope? This is not some fairy tale. This is reality. When Isaiah prophesied 700 BC that there will be a Messiah come, did a Messiah come? Yes, he did. Did that Messiah go on to live the life that you and I can't live? Yes, he did. Did that Messiah go on to die the death that you and I deserve? Yes, he did. Did that Messiah go on to be raised to life again so that he would be the first fruits, as Scripture tells us? Yes, he did. Did he ascend to the Father, to the right hand of the Father? Yes, he did. And did he send the Holy Spirit to be with his children forever? Yes, he did. Amen. That's the hope that we have. And the hope that we have is that one day we will be with him in perfection. Now, ask, let me ask you again, do you have that hope? What are we going to do with this hope that only Jesus brings? I was listening to uh, Carl's this week. People think I'm the Grinch. I'm actually not. Uh, I was listening to Carl's this week, and I was thinking there is one in particular that stood out, and I want to close with a couple of verses from it tonight. And it's in the bleak midwinter. What are you going to do with the hope that Jesus offers tonight? This is what it says. Our God, heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. And then the last verse. What can I give him? Poor as I am, if I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. That's where we find the hope tonight of the gospel, in giving ourselves to Christ. Let me pray first.
Father, we thank you for the hope that is in the gospel. Father, we thank you for passages like Isaiah 9 that point forward to the king that would come. That show us who he would be, show us what he would accomplish. Father, we thank you that you sent him a babe in a manger, poor and lowly. Father, I pray tonight that we would accept the hope of the world, Christ Jesus. We thank you for him. It's in his beautiful name we pray.